My name is Rob Katz. I'm the CEO of Val Resorts, and I want to welcome you to Epic by Nature. Around the world, across all of our resorts, we have employees who are experiencing their own epic journeys. Employees who are the heroes of their own stories, who constantly challenge themselves to give more, to do more, to be more. We developed this podcast so that we can share their journeys and the journeys of our guests, our mountains, and our communities, all of which are truly epic by nature. We have to be ambitious and we have to be accountable to one another as a team. We're together in this as a community, as a mountain, as a resort network, and it just makes me feel part of something bigger. I want to win, but more than that, way more than that. I want my team to win. We have always been very innovative and I think that is why we are leaders. I found that there was a much greater value in we than in me. There are so many amazing things about the ski industry. So much passion, so much positive energy, so many great people who are so welcoming and wanting to share their sport with anyone who will listen. Which is why it was always surprising to me 28 years ago when I first got involved in the ski business, that there were so few women in top leadership roles anywhere. In some ways, the ski business was no different than so many other industries. But wasn't the ski industry supposed to be different? Wasn't that the whole point? What held us back? Within the mountain resort industry, there is a real push to honor and protect the past. There are so many things we love about the sport. Many folks don't want to see it change. Unfortunately, and sometimes unconsciously, that can spill over to the people, too. We can't envision different kinds of leaders, managers who might look different than what we are used to seeing in the past. But what if you are passionate about the sport and want to make a career in the industry, but you don't look like the typical mountain resort leader? What if, for example, you're a woman in the ski industry without many female mentors or role models to follow? What kind of leadership is required to literally climb to the top of the highest mountain when you might be the only woman on the trek? We often talk about how reimagination needs to be in our DNA, in our nature, and that needs to include reimagining what our leaders look like. In honor of International Women's Day, I thought we would celebrate the unique, sometimes challenging, but ultimately transformative and powerful journeys of our pioneering women leaders in operational roles. Their experiences are all different, the path they have traveled their own, but what is true for all is they have worked their way to the top in historically male-dominated fields during a period of transformation for our industry. We thought we would start with some of our most recent news, that Beth Howard, currently COO at Beaver Creek, will be moving into the role of Chief Operating Officer of our namesake mountain, Vail. And Nadia Guerrero, currently General Manager at North Star, will be moving into the role as Chief Operating Officer of Beaver Creek, just down the road, two of the largest and most prestigious mountains in the worldwide industry. How did Beth and Nadia get to this spot? 
Many of our leaders have grown up skiing or riding since they could walk. But that was not necessarily the case for Beth or Nadia. Neither grew up with a strong connection to the industry. Beth grew up in a small rural community in north central Iowa on a family farm, far away from the pull of the ski industry. Growing up in Iowa, skiing wasn't really a part of our our life on any particular day, but uh, we did have Minnesota not far away. Now, when you say you started skiing, I think I was 13 or 14. We would save up all our money for a lift ticket, and once a winter, we would go up to Afton Alps, <laughs> sliding down the hill first year, last year, having a sandwich in the parking lot. But it was always fun, and, uh, and I think that was hooking me when I didn't even know it. Unlike Beth, Nadia grew up in the mountains. Early on, it was all about cross-country skiing. My mom and my aunt would take my sister and I out cross-country skiing, and we would do a whole day cross-country skiing trips, you know, and and back then, I mean, the boots hurt. We would get blisters. We had backpacks. We were really young, and we'd complain all the way. Are we there yet? You know, okay, this is fun, but not really. And then when I was 10, my parents enrolled us in lessons at Eldora. And the ski lessons that we were in, the downhill ski lessons, were at night. And they must not have done children's and adult lessons separately at that time because it was my sister and I, we were eight and 10, in a lesson with all adults. And we were so thrilled to not be cross-country skiing anymore that we just went straight down. And all I can remember is the instructor just yelling, turn, turn, and we thought, what for, why? (laughs) That doesn't sound very fun. And I will tell you, I don't think I've cross-country skied since. Both Beth and Nadia took a non-traditional path into mountain operations. Beth started out her career at Vail Resorts with a food and beverage internship at Beaver Creek during her senior year in college. At the time, she was studying food, nutrition, and business, and had to complete the internship in order to graduate. I typed a letter. I went back to my dorm room and typed it and mailed it, which is like, seems so archaic <laughs> at this point, and, and got a telephone interview and got a job. They said, come on out. Rick Sackbauer hired me. He was in food and beverage at the time. He's still with our company and uh, came out sight unseen and was chopping vegetables in the central commissary here in Beaver Creek in 1985. That's how I was introduced to our company and to the mountains. And I immediately fell in love with just the environment, the beauty. Beth has come a long way from her intern days. She built her career up through food and beverage, first overseeing Beaver Creek Dining, then dining for both Vale and Beaver Creek, then becoming vice president of mountain dining for the whole company, before ultimately moving into a GM role at North Star, then Beaver Creek, and now Vale. Nadia, on the other hand, took a different path, initially unsure of what she wanted to pursue, but with a passion for all things relating to sports. A combination of tenacity and good timing would provide her a break. One month after the Summer Olympics in Atlanta, and with interest in athletes at an all-time high, Nadia joined an agency that represented high-profile track and field athletes, including gold medalists Michael Johnson, Gwen Torrance, Dan O'Brien, and Lawrence Johnson. I was the fourth person at the agency, and I started answering the phones, and I was in charge of copying and distributing the faxes. The faxes would come in, I would make one copy for the file to make sure we had a record and then another copy for whoever it went to. We didn't have email and I at one point went to my boss and said, you know, I think this email thing is going to be a thing. I think we need to get some email addresses. 
A few months later, the agency went on to sign their first skier, Peekaboo Street. There was no one at the agency representing skiers at the time, so Nadia spotted the opportunity and didn't let it slip by. I didn't start in the ski resort business, but I do consider myself having started in the ski industry a long time ago when I started representing skiers. Unlike Beth and Nadia, Pat Campbell, our Mountain Division president, took a much more traditional route into the industry as a ski instructor looking for a way to get paid to pursue her passion. The main reason I became a ski instructor, other than the fact that I loved to ski, was I needed to get a ski pass. And even back when I first started in the mid-1980s in Jackson Hole, ski passes were very expensive. And so it was, you know, you really, really needed to land a job at the ski resort in order to have a ski pass. And you couldn't just walk on and become an instructor unless you had taught somewhere else before and had your certification. So I had to actually pay, I think it was somewhere around $150, something like that, to go to the tryout. And then after this three-day tryout, um, a certain number of people got selected. And I remember on the second day, you know, one of the guys coming up to me and saying, oh, well, you know, you're going to get picked because you're a woman and they need women and there's only a couple of you, Um, which I thought was really funny. um, But I was also, you know, obviously offended that that would be the only reason that I would get selected when, in fact, I thought I was performing at a level that that warranted uh, being selected. After spending 14 years in Wyoming, Pat realized that if she wanted to pursue a career in the industry, she could not sit and wait for it to happen. She would have to pack up and make a move to wherever the opportunity presented itself. So she left behind friends and a place she loved to join Breckenridge as the ski school director in 1999. At the time, it was still incredibly unusual to have a woman as head of ski school. PSIA, which is the National Certification Body, Education Body of Ski Instruction, in the regions hold annual ski school director meetings. And I remember going to my first ski school director meeting at Deer Valley and finding my way into the lodge and walking up the stairs. And and I was a few minutes late and I walked into the room and and the entire group of men turned around and looked at me and they said, can we help you? (laughs) Nobody knew who I was. It didn't occur to them that I would actually or should be there. My name is gender neutral, so it didn't occur to them that I would be a woman coming in. And so, yes, it was very unusual at the time. Gaining acceptance and breaking down stereotypes in an industry that wasn't used to women coming through the ranks is certainly a defining part of the story of many of our women leaders in operations. Julie Rust, the senior director of Mountain Operations at North Star, has a passion for what she does. I'm focused on the mountain and the team on the mountain all day, every day. And I'm also focused on the team in the village as well, but it's the cool stuff. It's the stuff you love. It's the skiing, it's the people, it's the it's the chairlifts, it's the infrastructure, it's snowmaking, it's grooming, it's, it's the cool stuff. Julie came through one of the more heavily male-dominated and physical areas of our business, ski patrol. When I joined the ski patrol, there would be many years where I was the only woman or one of two. And, you know, there might have been 50 people at the time. You know, in that kind of environment, a lot of it is based on strength. And, you know, I'm not necessarily, I don't want to admit this, but I'm not necessarily as strong as the biggest guy. 
and you have to do the job as well, or maybe even a little bit better back back in the day. And so you really had to be smarter than the project you were working on. Like Julie, Tracy Bartels, our Senior Director of Mountain Operations at Keystone, also picked a career traditionally occupied by men, in her case, engineering. My first job out of college was with Texas Instruments on the military defense side. So I started out designing assembly lines for forward-looking infrared systems and um, Harpoon and Tomahawk missile guidance systems. While able to adjust well to her environment, Tracy did observe unconscious bias at play. So I've been in some peer reviews and I've heard them describe a male as being, you know, that person's very demanding, they get great results, they push their team to new levels, and then the next person would be a female that they'd be describing. They're like, that person's way too demanding and they just don't care enough for their team. And, and so I've noticed it play out in sort of the description of a how a female's doing their job versus how a male's doing the job. And some of the same terms will be used to describe the male's performance as being really good. And then the same term will be used to describe the female's performance as that they need to be more caring and nurturing. So fighting for respect internally with colleagues exhibiting either explicit or implicit bias was not an uncommon experience, but that was only half the battle. Even after climbing to the highest leadership rungs, contending with external and guest perception was also a hazard of the job. Pat recalls an experience when she was running Breckenridge. I remember this time riding the chairlift with these guys and I was chatting with them and they're like, well, what do you do? And this was when I was working at Breckenridge and I said, oh, I run the ski resort. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, I oversee the resort. And they said, well, like, do you do HR? (laughs) And finally I said, no, I'm the chief operating officer. I am the head boss at the ski resort. And they sort of like, here I was trapped on the chairlift with these three men and they kind of didn't believe me. And I was certain it was because I was a woman. I don't think I'm wrong. Beth Howard also remembers an instance that caught her by surprise at a conference when she was asked to present. The title of the panel was Breaking the Ice Ceiling. It was saying like breaking the glass ceiling, but they used ice instead of glass because of the ski industry. So I went uh, to this panel discussion thinking that we're going to talk about women leadership, our leadership journey and, and all those things, which we did. But the first question to me was, you know, women are pleasers. And, you know, how do, you, how do you deal with that as a leader of being a pleaser? I'm paraphrasing, but I was taken back by the question because I didn't think that's how it was going to go. Or that's how this particular facilitator opened. So I pivoted <laughs> because, one, I couldn't believe that was the lead question. And, two, it was like, wow, um, I've never felt that as a leader that I need to please anyone. I've never found that you can be successful pleasing everyone. It's almost the opposite. If you try to please everyone, it's impossible. So that was a question that kind of threw me a little bit. Claire Lehman is the Vice President of Hospitality at Keystone. She oversees the operations of two hotels, two golf courses, property management, and short-term condo rentals, as well as a conference center, ice rinks, and F&B outlets. Claire recalls a moment as she was trying to advance her career. 
So I think that there is a good balance in gender representation throughout the lodging team, especially through our general manager roles. But I do think it's definitely been noticed, right, that I am the only female VP in this group. And that's not lost on me. <laughs> As I reflect back, like coming up through the ranks and making moves, uh, I think one story that I would share is about a, two months maybe before I had my first child, I was you know, doing a property walk and talking with my general manager at the time. And I had really outgrown my role. And I had shared with him that like, I wanted to talk about my next steps. Like, where could I go next? And what did he think about that? And his answer really surprised me. He said, well, your life's about to change completely in a couple of months, and I really don't think we should talk about this right now. I think you need to understand, you know, what having children might do for your career aspirations, and why don't we just talk about this when you get back from leave? And that was tough for me to hear, because up until that point, I had not really thought that those kind of life decisions would impact who I knew like at my core that my career aspirations were always a constant regardless of of some of those major but like external forces and so I think that that time has always stuck with me and you know I went back and my parents have always been strong mentors for me and I, I called my dad and I was like oh this is what this person said and like he should have he encouraged me and you know gave me great guidance on like Yes, your life is going to change, but you know this is what you want at your core, and do not stop. Like, just do do not give up. Keep going. And I think that that was a moment where I someone else, you know, said something to me that really called into question like the path I thought I was on. Uh, but ultimately, I think through good guidance and mentorship, I I stayed in course. While varying in degrees, navigating through specific instances of gender bias is certainly part of the defining story of some of our women leaders. But just as challenging for many of our leaders has been redefining the non-traditional roles of women within their family lives. Nadia describes the experience. I do think that it's been more challenging for me to rise to the position that I've risen to, and that's purely because I'm a mom and I have a lot of other responsibilities and I've had a lot more choices to make along the way. I've had choices to make about pursuing family or career or both. And the choice that I've made for myself is both. Beth Lohman was named the general manager of Mount Brighton in November, 2018. She says that the support of her family was critical to her success. My husband is my number one supporter. Actually, you know, at the very beginning of, of our relationship, it was clear to both of us that I was going to be the breadwinner in the family. And so he actually changed his career path to accommodate mine and to ensure that, you know, we'd be able to spend my days off together and that he'd be able to be there as sort of the supporting figure in the background, making sure everything on the home front is taken care of. And so honestly, I, I would not be where I am without Eric's support. Beth joined Vail Resorts as an accountant in 1997, but decided that her heart wasn't in accounting and wanted to try new things. She eventually found her way into an operational finance role at Breckenridge. It was from there, working closely with the leadership team, that she started to consider the idea 
of leading a resort. Having spent the last 10 years of my career in the resorts and uh, working directly with COOs, I gained a very deep knowledge of the business and the operation. Even if I didn't necessarily have the technical skills to say, be a lift mechanic, I knew my strengths as a leader could help me successfully lead any organization, regardless of of the technical pieces behind it. There are so many components that somebody has to bring together to be successful. But how as a company can we ensure that we are part of that formula? Most important, we need to focus on someone's performance and leadership. Be rigorous on assessing what people can contribute, not on their gender or who they know, and then to invest in those skills through specific development programs. All of the women we interviewed have been part of our leadership camps. Tracy Bartels describes the game-changing experience it had in shaping her. Vail Resort's leadership programs have really shaped a lot of who I am today versus who I was 10 years ago. I was not one who self-reflected very much. And I think I remember going through camp two and they initially said, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of self-reflection. I'm going, oh man, I'm gonna hate this. Um, So it has really made me realize how important that is and really asking and seeking out feedback on how others perceive me, how I come across, how I can improve. Beth Howard credits both mentorship and leadership programs with helping her make the transition from dining to running the whole mountain. I had uh, been 29 years or so in food and beverage and really couldn't go much higher. So at that time, I shared with my bosses that I would one day aspire to lead a resort and asked them, what, what, what would I need to do to be ever be considered to lead a resort? That's when we started to look at my skill set. And I had years and years of operational experience, years and years of, of leading large enterprises and lines of business and revenue centers and all that business acumen piece I had and large numbers of employees. But I didn't know much at all about mountain operations because that wasn't how I, I came up through the, the industry. So we went to work and I started to focus on learning uh, lift maintenance, grooming, and snowmaking. And then our company developed a camp. It was Camp 4 at the time for aspiring GMs of resorts. And the camp was made up of kind of three components. You had a mentor assigned, which was Pat Campbell. She was my mentor. You had an individual development plan, an IDP, which you developed based on the skill sets you're trying to develop. And then you had a stretch project. So I had almost a year and a half with Pat as my mentor. And at the time, She was the COO of Breckenridge. So our mentor days that we had once a month would be skiing in Breckenridge, and I would get to shadow her and see through a lens of an acting COO how you run a resort. So that was incredibly valuable. The second part was my IDP, which was mountain operations. So I started to reach out to people who knew about how to run snowmaking and lifts and grooming uh, so I could learn from the experts. And then finally, my stretch project was leading the grooming best practice team for our company, so snow surface. So that was totally putting me outside of my comfort zone, leading all of our resorts and developing best practices for that that particular group. And so that experience in that camp probably 
uh, allowed me to be considered for a GM role. In 2015, Pat Campbell and Kirsten Lynch, our chief marketing officer, created Women in Leadership, a six-month program for high-performing senior female leaders. The effort was not designed to address gender diversity per se, but to invest in the development of these women in a unique environment. Pat explains the concept. It was really about exploring your own personal leadership as a female leader with peers around you. You think about even in our company where we have pretty good gender diversity, for me, I go to meetings, I sit in rooms, even you know leadership events where I am the minority. And this gave the female leaders a forum in which they were the majority, an absolute majority, and where I think there was a comfort, a safety, and a security to share and explore leadership you know, with peers. And now there is a shift happening from mentee to mentor. Our leaders have a role to play in shaping and developing the leaders coming behind them, and they understand their responsibility. Julie reflects. As I was trying to move up through the ranks, there were no women in operations to be working with or looking up to for much of my career. And, and that's changed in the last, oh gosh, eight to 10 years. I, 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 you know, I give a tremendous amount of credit to Pat. Claire explains the challenge of being thought of as an example for others. When I came into this VP role, I was a little bit caught off guard because by far the most feedback, and the most common feedback that I got was, congratulations, great to have a female in that role. And I think at first, I just wanted people to say congratulations. And I had to stop and think like why it was causing me some like internal turmoil and tension that they put the last part in there, like great to have a female in that role. And ultimately where I landed is that people put that on there because it meant something to them. I don't think I had awareness around the fact that it would mean that to folks. Nadia shares what it means to be a role model. I am in a role that demonstrates possibility for other women. And part of being in this role for me is the responsibility that I have to not just do a good job and show them what's possible, but also share with them how I got here and what I did and what I think about and what they need to be paying attention to and the opportunities that they need to be raising their hands for and the ways that they can further develop themselves into stronger leaders. And so it means a lot to me to have the opportunity to work with current female leaders and future leaders. I think that the possibilities for them are endless and I get to have a role in showing them that. There is no doubt that the current climate and the Me Too movement has increased the lens on the challenges women face and the need for change. Beth Lohman shares her perspective. I think the current climate has been really eye-opening for a lot of men, and it is not just a women's issue. Men really need to be the champions of that change. And so I think it's really exciting times right now. I think bringing these issues to the forefront and the sexism that has existed in certain industries needed to be brought to light. This is a critical point. 
that men need to be part of the conversation. At Vail Resorts, I'm super proud of the investment we have made in our women leaders, but there is more work to be done. We need to create forums where men and women from across our company can come together to talk about diversity. One of our resorts has already done this. In 2015, a founding committee created the women of Whistler Black Home as just such a forum. And recently, we have seen more and more men begin attending these sessions. The time has come for us to expand this across our company. As Pat highlights, we are already seeing our investment begin to pay dividends. I think the future for women in our industry is bright. I think enough of us have kind of blazed the trail where it's not an exception anymore. It's not unusual. And, you know, I think women are now in the consideration set. That said, I think there's still a lot of opportunity to create space for women in less traditional roles in operations. And I think that's something that I'd like to see our company try to solve for, um, because there's a ton of talent. You know, anytime women aren't in the mix or the consideration set, you're excluding 50% of the, t- the potential talent that's out there. And I think we need to find ways to make those jobs more appealing and more welcoming for women as well as men. While we've made good progress on gender diversity, we can't stop there. We need much broader racial diversity and other diversity at our company and throughout our sport. And this starts with accepting and embracing differences. It starts with change and being comfortable that skiing and riding need to continue to change, to be welcoming to new ideas and new paradigms. We can do this. I want to thank Pat, Nadia, Claire, Tracy, Julie, Beth Howard, and Beth Lohman for sharing their story in today's podcast. I hope that listening to their stories inspires our next generation of leaders, both women and men. Thanks for listening. And I think it's only appropriate to conclude today's podcast with their words of advice. The advice that I would give younger women uh, in our industry is to stick with it, to ask for more, to raise their hands, get a seat at the table, and don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions. I'm here for you. Make sure that whatever you do in life aligns with your passions around life. And so don't take on something that you don't love to do because it's not worth it. I would say go seek out some folks who are in positions that perhaps you aspire to be in one day. And you may be aspiring to do something greater than your current role, but always be exceptional at your current role. Believe in yourself. Don't let anybody make you feel less than or less capable. If you set your mind to it, you can do it. Take every experience. I think that when you're younger, you have the flexibility and freedom of, of exploration. And I would tell any younger woman to try things on, check it out, learn and experience as much as you possibly can. I would say for younger women or really anyone, don't sit back and wait, own it. Look for the opportunities, You know, make your unique skills and ability to contribute known. Um, and that will be like the best thing you can do to move forward. Be curious about the opportunities and, and find a way to get yourself included.